Managing risk and protecting your profits on a dairy farm isn't always easy, but it's becoming increasingly more important to have a good understanding of milk markets to better protect your profits through more frequent volatile periods. Welcome to the Protecting Your Profits podcast, a brief monthly update where I will take a deeper dive into topics or trends that will help you better understand milk markets and risk management. I'm Zach Myers, Risk Education Manager for the Center for Dairy Excellence. Let's see what's happening this month. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Protecting Your Profits monthly podcast. I guess we should say Happy New Year. And now that we're officially in 2021, we thought it might be a good time to do a roundup with Zach of current milk production numbers and what the next several months might look like. It's the kind of information, Zach, that you would normally cover in your monthly webinars. So it should be good. Um, So on that note, why don't we start with milk production? Zach, how did December milk production and cow numbers compare to 2019 across the United States and Pennsylvania in particular? Well, thanks for the question, Emily. It's it's good to be with you again uh, this uh, this morning. Cows across the country were were busy in December. Uh, the U.S. milk production in December of last year was up over three percent. Typically, one to two percent on a monthly basis or annual basis is is normal. So, uh, with with milk production at over three percent, it's really considered. Uh, a boon in production for the month, and it's actually about the fourth month in a row that uh, U.S. milk production has been up over that two percent threshold. So uh, a lot of a lot of milk out there right now, and and part of that is is due to the herd size at uh, 9.443 million uh, head of cattle, which is one percent over December 2019, and is the largest herd in at least the last 10 years. I have uh, production numbers and, and herd size going back through 2007 or eight or so, and, and this is the largest herd in, in that time frame, and uh, perhaps uh, quite a bit longer than that. And then the other reason why production uh, was so high in December is production per cow also increased. So uh, uh, it was uh, 74.4 pounds per day per cow in December, which is Two percent more than uh, the uh, uh, than last than December 2019. So uh, uh, again, a lot of milk out there. Pennsylvania production increased not as uh, greatly as as the country as a whole, but the production in the Commonwealth increased about a percent and a half to 856 million pounds, and uh, that's uh, uh, that was despite a shrinking herd size uh, at 478,000 cows. That's down 1% over December of 2019 and uh, uh, represents about a drop of 5,000 cows uh, over the year. And in contrast to the U.S. herd, this is the smallest herd in at least that 10 or 15 years of of information that I have. So with uh, numbers down and production up, then that means that production per cow has to be increasing. So uh, production per cow in December was up 2.6% or almost two pounds per cow. Uh, so uh, uh, that's that's good from a production per cow standpoint. So with that, that's what's going on with, with milk production and cow numbers across mm-hmm. the country and here in the state. Okay, that's a good a good start to 2021. So is it, would you say the increased milk production is contributing to the building of inventory? Yes, that's, that's a, a, a good, 
Good question. Yes, all major dairy product inventories grew throughout December. Cheese stocks grew 6% to nearly 1.4 billion pounds in inventory. Nonfat dry milk grew over 12% to 250 million pounds. And, and butter grew an, uh, an astounding 44% to 227.4 million pounds. And that's uh, compared to December of 2019. So, so, uh, the month of December, with that production, uh, extra production, a lot of a lot of uh, buildup was seen across the across the dairy product inventories. Okay, so um, with that increased milk production and product inventories, I'm assuming I can only assume that it's putting pressure on milk prices. So, what are some of the product prices, and how do they compare to international prices? Well, as you would expect, Emily, with increasing production and inventory, dairy products lost value through through December compared to a year ago. At a dollar sixty-four per pound, cheese price was down nearly eleven percent. Butter was down nearly twenty-eight percent to a dollar forty-six per pound, and non-fat dry milk was down eight percent to a dollar fourteen a pound. These prices uh, are uh, are a discount relative to global dairy trade prices and and EU prices, with the exception for EU powder. EU powder is about 13 cents cheaper than than uh, U.S. powder currently. So, uh, so with with that uh, increased production and the fall in in price, the our our uh, our uh, U.S. price is is favorable to exports, and with uh, the value the value of the dollar is still a little bit lower than than a lot of the international currencies, and so really uh, uh, we it, I would expect to see exports uh, to stay strong in in the coming months as long as our price stays stay well below the international prices. Yeah, let's hope so. So considering what you just mentioned what do you think class three and four milk prices look like currently well surprisingly class three and and four uh, milk future prices have trended up through much of december a couple of reasons for this i believe and i'll touch on that in just a second but based on monday january 25th closing prices class three price for the next 12 months averages about 17 dollars and 23 cents which is 40 cents higher than the end of december and likewise, class four 12-month average is up 18 cents to $15.52 relative to the end of December 2020. These aren't huge gains over the course of the next 12 months, but it is encouraging. Domestic and international, international demand for dairy is strong and potentially growing as world economies recover from the second wave of the pandemic. So. Uh, uh, I think uh, part of the reason why these these prices are are increasing when there's so much milk out there is one of the reasons is the extension of the Farmers to Families Food Box program. These uh, this program, of course, was was initiated at the beginning of the pandemic to get uh, excess uh, uh, food to to the growing population of of U.S. families that were at risk of uh, of food insecurity. So. The good thing about these food boxes is they contain six pounds of dairy products plus one gallon of fluid milk. So uh, uh, there, the, there are, there's mandatory 
Cheese and uh, 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 products like that are mandatory, and butter is an optional item for the food box programs. So uh, um, these food boxes have been a great way over the last year to try to get rid of some of that surplus milk. And uh, that's a good thing for the milk price, at least over the uh, through the extension of that food box program, uh, which uh, is through through April. Yeah, it's been great to see everything happening with the food box program. Um, so in last month's podcast, we talked about October exports because the volume of milk that left our borders was unexpectedly high. So I'm curious, did November exports continue to build on October? Well, unfortunately, uh, October was the 14th month in a row to see uh, year-over-year increases, and, and November uh, uh, broke that streak. So exports in November fell short of November 2019, but only by 0.2%, so virtually the same as last year. But since it was negative, it did break that 14-month streak. We didn't make it to 15, but... Uh, uh, with the November tally added to 2020 totals, through the first 11 months of 2020, U.S. export has set a new record for annual volume exports, eclipsing the record set in 2018. Uh, 2020 exports through November were uh, were over 1.92 million metric tons, and, and that's 4% more than the 2018 total with uh, another month yet to be factored in. The value of exports through November was nearly $6.1 billion, and this uh, 2020 will only be the third time in the history of U.S. dairy exports that have surpassed that $6 billion mark. So even though the the streak of year-over-year gains was broken in November, the tallies from November were still really good and and, uh, helped uh, uh, the U.S. eclipse that 2018 uh, annual volume uh, volume uh, record set and and uh, will be built upon and when December numbers are available. Okay, well that's good to hear. Um, moving on to the risk management side of things, is there any news regarding dairy margin coverage that we should know about? Well, since the last podcast and the last webinar, the November margin was announced at $11.87, which, of course, won't trigger an, an indemnity at any coverage level. Uh, the December margin will be announced later this week, or early next week, and is expected to be below the $9.50 trigger. But I, have, I haven't seen any estimates on what that margin will be, but uh, we'll know Friday afternoon once the agriculture uh, prices USDA Ag uh, price report is released. We'll know what that uh, a margin DMC margin is for December, and and uh, we'll have an idea of what the payment's going to be. The last st- stimulus bill provided a way for producers to uh, that have expanded since 2014 to increase their production history. However, uh, of course, with the change in the administration, it's un- unclear when or how uh, the language of that bill would be implemented. When it is possible, dairies that are already enrolled in DMC for 2021 will be able to increase their production history by the amount of the difference between 2019 actual production and current production history. So what that means that uh, if you take your 2019 actual production and subtract that from your 2014 or your, excuse me, your current production history, then you can increase your production history by that amount. So whenever more details are known, 
on how to how to uh, apply for this or enroll in this and increase your production history. Um, I'll certainly be getting that information out through my channels. It will be it will involve the Farm Service Agency or FSA since that's where enrollment is done. But as far as when or what that application is going to look like, we we just don't know right now, and and probably won't until. Uh, the new administration's uh, cabinet is in place, and and we have a um, a new uh, secretary of agriculture to implement these this uh, this bill. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye out for that information when you share it. So, I think my last question for today's episode is: with the increase of class four and class three over the next several months, are there any opportunities dairy farmers can take advantage of using dairy revenue protection? Yes, I, I really, I really think there are a, a lot of opportunities in in the DRP program. Uh, volatility, of course, continues to keep premiums high, but some of the class three and four floors that can be set are certainly worth considering. Class three floors of fifteen dollars and thirty-two cents, up to sixteen dollars and forty-four cents, can be set. For roughly 27 cents up to 35 cents a hundred weight, and that's based on a 95% uh, price protection, 100% uh, class three um, a policy, and that of course is for second quarter 2021 through the second quarter of 2022, which are which will be available until uh, March 15th of this year. Class four uh, floors of $14.30 up to $15.91 per hundredweight can be set for roughly 19 up to $0.34 cents per hundredweight. And again, that's on a 95% protected price on a 100% class four policy. So at these prices, it would be expensive to lock in all your milk. But layering some protection in throughout the next five quarters with class three and class four can certainly provide you some cushion if prices were to fall again. Uh, dairy revenue protection can be a great tool, especially uh, if DMC doesn't adequate, adequately protect you or if you didn't enroll in dairy margin coverage. So, of course, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact me, and I will certainly try to help you get pointed in the right direction. And that's all I have uh, on for this month, if that's your last question, Emily. Yeah, well, thank you, Zach. That, I think that gave us some great insight of what's happening now and what to look out for over the next few months. So, yeah, like you said, if anyone has questions for Zach, um, you're always welcome to reach out to him. And if you guys are interested in a broader dairy market outlook for 2021, we actually welcomed Matt Gold, president of Dairy and Food Market Analyst, for our webinar today. And he has a wealth of knowledge analyzing milk prices and dairy markets, and he had a lot of interesting things to say about his outlook for the dairy industry in 2021. So if you missed it or want to listen to a recording, you can visit www.centerfordairyexcellence.org slash PYP to listen to a recording of that. And all of our podcasts are also on that page as well. So don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Amazon Music, and we will talk to you next month. 